This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Tired Mummy Podcast. A safe platform where we can openly discuss the highs and lows of parenthood, judgment-free. Join me in authentic conversations with mums and dads from across the globe. Let's help each other feel less alone, let's grow and feel better in our parenting skin together. Come join our tribe while we get into some real talk. And don't forget, bring your coffee. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tired Mummy podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I'm chatting to Alita. Alita is a mum of four. She's also a conscious parent coach. Alita is passionate about making all feelings safe, tears, tantrums, and rage. Today, we dive into what conscious parenting is, breaking cycles, and how to cope with overwhelm, and what we can do if we feel like we've messed up our kids. I cannot wait to dive in. Let's get started. Welcome, Alita, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Could you please kick things off and let our listeners know a little bit about you and what's one piece of parenting advice you wish you'd never listened to? Thank you. Yeah, I'm um, I'm Alita. I'm a mum of four boys and I'm based on the Central Coast, north of Sydney in New South Wales. And I have been mothering for almost 11 years. Uh, I have three living boys and my son, Remy, who was stillborn about five years ago. So I've been through a lot of very different seasons, really loved the first, you know, sort of five years of parenting and felt very connected with my children and found aware parenting in a difficult season of sleep deprivation, which was a very life-changing moment. And I'll talk more on that. But um, yeah, through navigating the trials and tribulations of parenting through children and then uh, having a season of postnatal depression and then losing our fourth son, 
I have been to the absolute brink of breakdown and then come through it and risen above, I guess you could say. Um, and yeah, in that process, I've learned a lot about myself and realized that I have uh, deeper wounds that needed addressing. And I really love the philosophy of aware parenting and hand-in-hand parenting and their particular philosophies that I follow for years, but I would always come away feeling like I was never doing enough. I was never quite getting it right. And then I found the work of conscious parenting, in particular Dr. Shafali's work, and everything started to make sense because, you know, and I'll speak more to this, it's really all about us in parenting. You know, we can want to be everything for our children and have them be a certain way and everything to just work and look like the, you know, the perfect mother. But we have a lot of stuff that we've suppressed since our early years. And so the work of conscious parenting is looking at that, making sense of it and finding a way through with a lot of self-compassion because it's pretty messy. And the one piece of parenting advice that I wish I hadn't followed would be anything related to sleep training. Um, I did sleep. I tried to sleep train my first. Uh, it didn't work. And yeah, I always wonder what damage that that has caused. Now I'm, I'm not anti sleep training. I will say if, you know, if you need to sleep train your children because your mental health is suffering, then go for it but I'm concerned about how normalized it has become. And yeah, there's a lot of beliefs out there that it, you know, it, it just, it's shutting down a child when they're most in need. So I wish I hadn't um, listened to that advice. I certainly changed my tune with my second child who needed to be listened to and was my great awakener and probably cycle breaker in some respects. And I know we'll talk more about that so much wisdom in everything you've said already. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to dive in a bit more. So let's start with conscious parenting. For anyone who's new to the term conscious parenting, what is it? What makes up conscious parenting? So for me, conscious parenting is getting really aware of our own patterns and our triggers our beliefs about ourselves and our children and how they should be in the world, uh, our fears, our deeper feelings that we may have suppressed from very early on and making a commitment to heal and grow within parenting. And all of my work is really focused on building a secure attachment to our children and then acknowledging how hard that is for many of us because uh, it's believed that around 45% of people have an insecure attachment. So it may be disorganized, avoidant, or anxious. Uh, That was a quote I heard from Dan Siegel who wrote some amazing books that are related to parenting around um, Mindsight and the whole brain child and more. He's incredible. And, you know, to realize that we have an insecure attachment and then to try and be this, which I find is the case for many of the mothers I support, to try and be this perfect parent, this gentle parent, peaceful, mindful, you know, attachment parenting, all these beautiful philosophies. But to do that when you have been raised with an insecure attachment yourself can feel impossible. Uh, but we don't know what's going on in those early years of parenting because we just don't know. You know, we, as I said in a post yesterday, we start parenting completely clueless most of the time. We're so focused on the birth and maybe setting life up for the new baby. And there's no real diving into who am I as a person and what are my wounds? And, you know, in reality, that is the journey of motherhood is that great cracking open into realizing, Oh, I've got some stuff and I'm feeling like a failure. And then I've got all this anger and rage coming out or all of this anxiety. You know, everyone, you know, um, shows their stuff in very different ways. So for me, conscious parenting was 
I guess a life raft realizing actually this isn't about my children it's about me and doing my own work within within the parenting still wanting to be a positive and connected and peaceful parent of sorts but feeling so much shame because I wasn't that um you know so it's really stripping a lot of that stuff back coming to a place of self-compassion and then acknowledging how incredibly difficult that is for most people because it's a very foreign concept. What is self-compassion? Uh, nurturing our needs, prioritizing our needs. You know, obviously there's a lot of talk about the importance of self-care and mums throw their hands up in the air like, oh, it's another thing I've got to do that I'm probably going to fail at. But, you know, we have needs and we need to get them met and we really can't truly connect and attune with our children unless we are finding connection and attunement to ourselves. So some of that is about rewriting some of the stories and beliefs we have about my needs matter and I have feelings and I'm allowed to look after myself and I should have support. So there's so much to unpack there. And, um, you know, from there where it's about building awareness, um, we in my work in particular, we do get an understanding of brain science, attachment science, and nervous system science. They're really the foundations of this work. And then accepting our imperfections and softening our expectations and acknowledging that we have really big feelings ourselves. You know, and for most of us as children, we were raised in, you know, generations past where authoritarian parenting was the norm. You know, it was the be quiet, do as you're told, you know, go to your room, you know, smacking and physical punishment was very much the norm and for many people they have suppressed their feelings so deeply because we have a need to be accepted we have a need to be loved so we be the good girl we be the good boy and then what happens in motherhood it all starts exploding out at the you know the sweetest little children who are our most precious beings and then we're wondering why am I raging in their face why am I treating my child like this and it's a horrendous feeling I've been there and you know it's from, I just saw someone comment on my post saying, your mess becomes your message. <laughs> so my message is to acknowledge, acknowledge, you know, the difficulties that I've been through in parenting and the shame that I felt and to get conscious of it and to then do the, the healing work, which is, a life, which is a journey of a lifetime. There's no magic fixes. Oh, if there only was. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's such an unraveling. Oh, mm. my goodness. Yes, becoming a mum is and the work needed is so very deep. Um, so I think it's so important to have these conversations and make people aware that they're not alone in this journey and there is help and we're not perfect and we will always be learning. I too literally posted last night that, you know, parenting is learned and it will always be learning. It's There's not an end point and we're just doing the best that we can with what we know. Um, yeah. And you talked a little bit about being calm, like the calm parent, you know, the do we have to be a calm parent to be a conscious parent? Yeah, so that's something I'm really starting to speak up about, like because there's so much out there about try and find your calm, just take some deep breaths and be calm with your children. And, like, that is an impossible stretch for so many people. And for mothers, you know, having been through two years of a pandemic, we don't have a village of support. Many mums are carrying a lot, the heavy weight of anxiety, perhaps some postnatal depression and their own genera you know, their own generational wounds and suppressed feelings. And then we're the insecure attachment and then we're expecting them to find calm. It's just like what, these words matter, you know, calm, gentle, peaceful. They're beautiful. They're a wonderful vision to hold. 
and to have that intention to aim for that. But when you are not that, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're bad or wrong. The very fact that you're here listening to a parenting podcast (laughs) means you're already pretty awesome. You know, you clearly care about your parenting and you want to be a better mum or a better parent. And that's a wonderful place to be. And if you're not calm some days, that's okay. I don't know many mums who are calm all the time. I haven't met them. Maybe they exist. <laughs> I really I really encourage people to aim for something called regulation. So this is in the in the world of learning more about nervous system science, which is very new in the parenting space. It's being talked about a lot more now on Instagram and socials, which is amazing, especially the work of um, Mona Delahook. We look at the nervous system. We get to understand that we have a fight, flight, freeze, and fawn response we make sense of ourselves and why we react in different ways. And then we can learn tools to bring in more regulation, to calm our nervous system, to tend to our nervous system. So then we can provide that regulated energy to our children. And that's called co-regulation. And um, yeah, I think this, this piece around nervous system is really key. And it just means that we can take the pressure off having to be calm and ethereal and peaceful and gentle because it's, yeah, it's just, a wonderful dream for many. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure there's a lot of mamas out there who are going, phew, because it, it, it is like I do love those words also, but sometimes it does feel absolutely impossible and sometimes I think it does set up this unrealistic expectation that we have to be calm all the time. Yes, it's great to try and get to that, but there's still so much work to do. So keeping that in mind, but, yeah, not to feel bad if we're not that, you know, Zen parent 24-7. You touched on nervous system. I did have a question about calming our system. Uh, It's so easy to get overwhelmed as a parent. Do you have any tools to help calm our system and to help with that? Yeah, so the really important thing is to know how very different we all are as humans. And just like our children are very different in what they need to feel more settled and more connected and more calm, you know, they all like different kinds of play and some want to be touched, some don't, some need verbal support, others just need you to be quiet, mummy. We are the same. We are so different in what helps us to regulate our nervous system, what helps us to feel more centered, what helps us to feel grounded. And I'll give you some examples of what I have learned to use for me, because I think, you know, it's a really big journey of figuring out what actually makes me feel calm. So when I'm holding space in mother's circles, for example, which is something that I do in um, in my work, and a lot of very triggering stories are shared and lots of anger and rage and quite often trauma. When I'm feeling triggered, I'm usually rocking and swaying side to side and sometimes tapping on my collarbone. This just brings, and I can, I'm just doing it now, and I can feel my head all starts to tingle, my whole body's had a full tingle, and it's just like, ah, I'm in my body. And it's like a little mantra playing out in my brain because I practice this a lot, all these different little tools that I use, that it brings me back into my body, into my center. Something else that I speak of often is noticing glimmers. So it's, you know, we talk about triggers a lot in the world of, you know, conscious, aware, connected parenting. A trigger is that thing that sets you off into that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. A glimmer is something that can help you settle your nervous system. So for me, it's always looking outside to nature, noticing, you know, the leaves on the tree, looking at the sky, noticing the clouds, just looking up. Um, you know, looking at your child or something in your home, a, a little piece of beauty. 
and just focusing in on it. This is the whole thing around mindfulness, right? It's just noticing and being in the present moment. And I really love, you know, mindfulness and meditation, but it's another one of those things that feels really out of reach because I think mums go, well, I have to sit down for half an hour and meditate. But I just go, no, just take a moment, focus on your long exhales and notice the beauty around you. Look out for glimmers. And I know it's something that for me has really helped me to settle my nervous system in moments of, you know, really big activation. Uh, long exhales is a very powerful um, a powerful tool. So obviously, you know, parenting space, it's always talking about just take some deep breaths and find your calm. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work for a lot of people. We do have to practice it often. And, you know, I'm teaching my kids this now. Let's focus on the long exhale because when we really extend that long exhale, it's telling our nervous system that we are safe. And, you know, and it's going to work for some and it's not going to work for, for all. You know, there's a lot of um, breath, you know, this is basically a very simple tool in breath work and breath work is a powerful tool, but it also doesn't suit everyone. You know, for some people with a lot of anxiety, it can actually make them feel more anxious. So there is nuance in all of this stuff. Um so tapping EFT is something you can Google, getting your bare feet onto the ground, on the earth, outside time every day. Nature is my biggest regulation tool. My children and I spend a lot of time out in nature. If it's not the garden, it's down by the beach or in trees. Or, and, you know, I just want to acknowledge that not everyone has easy access to nature and outside time. So I am very aware of that. Um, a good cry is a wonderful way to regulate your nervous system. It helps our children. The foundation of my work is all about the, the healing power of tears when we are lovingly held or listened to. And that's absolutely what I advocate for with our children, our babies and our toddlers and children of all ages, just holding space for their tears. But we need to learn to do it too. And I'm always shocked by how many women come to my circles in particular and start crying and you can see them shut down and apologize and wipe the tears away and call themselves, you know, silly women. And it's just... It's a real insight into how suppressed we've been as women. So if nothing else from this, take away the, you know, the importance and the knowing that crying is healing. And it's even better when you can do it with someone that feel you feel loving and supported and safe with. But if it's just you by yourself, your hand on your heart and having a really big cry and a wail is getting out some of that intensity from your nervous system. And I really advocate for listening partnerships. So finding people that may be a safe friend, it could be someone that you meet online or in a, a community or a group that you can have a listening partnership with. And that's someone that you can call in a really dysregulated moment. Um, I tend to use them, do, do them as voice notes. And you just say, I just need to have five minutes to vent and rage. I'm having a really difficult day. Would you mind if I um, called you or voice noted and you just vent and you rage and you release and you cry and you can say all the things about your children that you would never say to anyone else but your listening partner can become your safe person it does take um, they can feel awkward and clunky initially setting them up and there is a bit of a skill to it but again planting the seed of how powerful it can be to have listening partnerships and I have so many other tools. Vu breathing is something I do regularly. So it's just taking a big deep breath in and releasing with a, a really low vu. So vu. It's a um, tool used in somatic experiencing, which is a trauma healing modality for regulating the nervous system. I love that one. I teach all my kids and I have those little moments where I think, you know, because we have tough times. I've got three boys, you know, it's intense, but um I just have moments where I celebrate myself and look at all the little tools that I'm learning for me as a 45-year-old adult 
that I can pass on to my children. There'll be tools for life. And, you know, it's what most of us missed out on as children. So, yeah, and there's a lot of things we can do to um, regulate our nervous system. And, again, just pointing out that it's a bit of a journey, figuring out what's our toolbox, and then knowing that all of our children are going to be different. Um, My hot tip is that all of my kids are now converted to crunching on ice. So I don't use it as a distraction tool. Um, but when they're really highly dysregulated, I will listen to their feelings. I listen to their tears, their tantrums, their anger and rage. Um, I've had to do a lot of work to build capacity to listen to all of those tears. I'm pretty good at it. I'm not as good at play. So we all have our genius area as well. But when I've listened to the tears and I can see that they're really dysregulated, that's when I will get maybe some cold ice for them to crunch on. And it's just one of many tools that can really work for some. I think it's awful. My kids all love it. There we go. An example of how different we all are. So that's the hot tip, just something to try. It's not to distract them out of their feelings. We still want to be able to listen to the feelings. But if you know that you're really dysregulated and you do not have capacity to listen to your child, you're probably going to need some little tools in your toolbox to say, here, let's sit together. I'm just going to sit next to you and do, you know, some long exhales and just be with you and be with me. And here's some crunchy ice. (laughs) It's really helped my children in the last year or two since I learned it. And um, yeah, so that's my hot tip to just take away and try. Wow. So many tools. Thank you so much for sharing all of those. I think a lot of people will get a lot out of that. There's, There's so many different things that we can do to regulate ourselves. And like you said, it's important to remember that everybody's different. Our kids are different. We're all individual. That's also a part of this whole parenting thing is that, you know, all this, for example, the sleep training advice, it's it. the reason it probably doesn't work is because everyone's different. Some things will work for someone else. Some things won't work for someone else. So thank you for uh, pointing that out and also pointing that out with the, the tools. Like you said, sometimes breathing won't work. When I wasn't into... When I wasn't trained with the breathing, like you said, I was a very anxious person, so it actually made it worse and would give me a panic attack. But now that it's something I've worked on and been doing for a lot of years now, it comes to me much easier. Um, So good to know because a lot of people would just be like, oh, I've got to do the deep breaths and it's not working. Yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. We sometimes need to do some deeper healing work and um, nervous system care work before the deep breaths will become a thing. And I also really love the work of Irene Lyon, who took, um, she's in the nervous system healing space. And she talks about when we can learn the theory behind why the breathing works, like we're making, this is the work of conscious parenting too. We're making the unconscious conscious by learning the science and learning the theory, making sense of ourselves and our reactions that helps it just to land. Like we can say, take some deep breaths, but when we can understand what that long exhale is actually doing in the nervous system, it can go, oh, I get it now. Right, that's why I'm going to start practicing it every day. And um, I know, well, for me, it was understanding the science around many of those different things that really just helped it to land and implanted it deeply in my nervous system. Yeah, it's interesting Kind of brings me to my next question, understanding the why. And I wanted to touch on breaking cycles um, because I'm going through this at the moment where I get triggered by things that take me back to my childhood. And then I, it's a lot easier now because I'm like, oh, that triggered me because of 
that in the past, whereas usually I'd just be like, I'd just explode and not know why and then get frustrated and then everyone thinks I'm crazy. Um, But I wanted to talk about breaking cycles because I'm that parent that's hell-bent on breaking them because I grew up in a dysregulated, dysfunctional family. Um, I don't want to pass on my wounds, um, but a lot of the time, you know, it's really hard and I feel like I'm on a treadmill that keeps getting faster and faster and I'll never catch up. Why do parents find this so hard and how can we make it a little easier on ourselves? (laughs) Yeah, it's such a big one, isn't it? Um, I think it's amazing that there's a lot of information out there at the moment on socials and in the parenting space about breaking cycles and becoming aware of intergenerational trauma and doing our trauma healing work. And I went deep down that path myself. I've been there. I thought, yep, I'm the one in my family that's going to put my hand up and and change all the, break all the cycles and, and heal my children. And it is just too much to expect one exhausted, depleted mother, especially in a pandemic, without a village of support to then break every single cycle. And are we even ever going to be aware of every single cycle that plays out in our family for a start? And also, you know, When you look at intergenerational trauma, like we're looking back, you know, a couple of generations, it might have been coping mechanisms around, you know, drugs and alcohol when there was a lot of physical abuse and smacking. Okay, you know, definitely aim to work on breaking some of those cycles, but also acknowledging that coping mechanisms are a very hard cycle to break. That takes a lot of support, you know, if it's alcohol, addiction, gambling, social media is a big one now, overworking, our desire to be perfectionist, busyness on and on it goes. That's a lot right there. And then you go another generation back and it's like, you know, our grandparents were probably children of war. That's a very big trauma. You know, that has a huge impact on the body. And like, and now we were like one exhausted mother or or father is putting their hand up to say, yes, I shall do the work. And then, you know, you add in the, you know, the reality that there is so much trauma, especially for women, you know, there's so many women that have been sexually abused. That is a huge trauma to carry. That could be a lifetime of work alone right there to then also put the weight on, you know, the heavy weight of expecting them to hit, you know, to resolve that or to understand that and move through that as well as all the other cycles around punishment, you know, fear, threats, bribery, and, you know, um, being a child of divorce and the impact that can have, or maybe they were raised by a narcissistic parent. And there's so much stuff. So, yeah, if you want to be a cycle breaker, great. That's amazing. But you don't have to break every cycle. And you are probably going to pass on some wounds to your children because you are one person and you are probably doing your best with the tools you have and the capacity you have in this season of life. And then challenges can come. You know, I thought I was a pretty epic parent in those first four to five years. I learned to wear parenting. I was holding space for tears. My third child came. Um, breastfeeding failed again, which was a huge high value for me. And I was gutted. Then we moved, some triggers happened and I fell into postnatal depression. Then we got pregnant. Then my baby died. That's life. Life happens. And I could not be that perfect parent I wanted to be anymore. You know, and I think, you know, I love Dr. Sophie Brock's work around this, the perfect mother myth and, you know, breaking this, this, 
fantasy we have of being this perfect mother with the wooden toys and we're going to wear linen and we're going to listen to all the feelings and we're going to be so gentle and kind and peaceful and it's all going to be beautiful and my husband and I are just going to get stronger every year like it's too much and then I'm going to heal all the dysfunction that I was raised in because no one taught me emotional regulation and and no one I actually don't have any emotional intelligence I'm learning it here in my 30s or 40s like it is just too much adding a pandemic and that lacking of village we have to soften our expectations. And that's why I say in all of this work, we start with self-compassion. And that piece alone could take you months to even figure out what is self-compassion? What is being kind to myself? Why is it so hard? You know, we have to start there and then soften our expectations again and again and again. And so I'm all for build awareness, build tools, build support systems, um, you can be a change maker for sure. Like I've broken heaps of cycles already. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to break them all. And it's going to be a long, lifelong journey even becoming aware of them. And for sure I am going to pass some wounds onto my children. There have been times that I have done things I am not proud of. Raising boys, and you know, with no village of support and family around is, is full on. And, you know, those wounds that I may have passed on, I really resonate with something I heard a few years ago where, where we have voids in our childhood, that can be what creates our values in life. And I for sure can see where the voids or my perceived voids are from my childhood. And now my values are based on those voids. You know, I value motherhood and keeping my family together and, and you know, being a conscious parent and growth and learning and understanding science so I can make sense of myself and so I can pass on some of that to my children. And also I may raise completely unconscious children, you know, and that is okay. I am going to have to surrender and let go. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be, you know, well-behaved all the time. And that's their life journey. I can't save them from everything. And I think this is a really hard part for many parents to get to is like, I want to be able to hold space for all of their feelings and I'm going to do my trauma healing work and I'm going to grow and be this, you know, amazing parent and it's just going to all look a certain way and then it doesn't and we go back to that cycle of failure and guilt and shame and it is too much. It's too much. So I'm all about surrendering and softening expectations and self-compassion and absolutely learn the tools, do the work, go to therapy, build a support system, do a parenting program that aligns with you and also learn how to rest and take the pressure off. Like I could say, do all these things, but actually what we probably need most is learning how to rest and surrender and slow down. And I, I say that as someone who finds it incredibly difficult myself. So beautiful. There is so much wisdom in everything you just said. And just like, amen to everything you just said too. I'm so glad we're going to get this out. Yeah, there's just, there's way too many expectations on mums and dads and yeah, you just put it so beautifully and so perfectly. Um, oh, it's just, it's so important to slow down too. Like you said, I find it so hard to slow down. I'm that person that's just one of my coping mechanisms is to be busy all the time and to be working all the time. Um, so yeah. One of the things I'm, one of the many things I'm working on, but like you said, self-compassion, so new to me, been doing it for a couple of months. So like you said, it can take a while. 
to figure out how to be kind to yourself, which sounds ridiculous, but it's really hard. Um, so it's a really good place to start. Um, I know I'm not alone in this when I learn something new about parenting, a new technique, you know, there's respectful, aware, conscious. We talked about this before. There's so many beautiful parenting um, paradigms. When I find something new that I didn't know before that resonates with me that I hadn't heard of previously, I instantly spiral into the guilt and shame for not knowing better. What can we do if we feel like we've messed up our kids? Like what can we do if if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard any of this and, you know, they start going into that spiral what can we what can we do to help them (laughs) there's so many um so so many ways to come at this question the first thing is we're probably all going to mess up our kids somehow and that's okay you know as I said those voids that we create because we weren't the perfect mother may just become their values and their purpose work and their life beautiful yeah just take the pressure off um I also really love when, so Dr. Shafali is like, you know, she wrote The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family, and I just saw her recently in Sydney. She was amazing. Um, I I really love Conscious Parenting. Her work is a little bit too psycho-spiritual for me and very much, you know, essence and ego, and it's just so my wording is not very similar to hers. But she did say a few years ago, instead of college funds, we should be setting up therapy funds for our kids because we're all going to mess them up. You know, yes. so I just, I was like, that's beautiful. Yes. Let's normalize therapy. And, you know, I think it's so much healing is so much more than just therapy, but for every client that I work with, so I have a conscious parenting program. I say in a perfect world, you would do the conscious parenting program and therapy and some sort of somatic body work that helps you to release, you know, suppressed feelings, yeah. trauma, um, pain, agony, all the things. Uh, and also acknowledge that that takes time and money, which mo- a lot of mums just don't have. So, you know, pressure off. You're probably doing your best. You listen to a podcast this week. That's a tick. That's a win. Celebrate that. Um, so you probably are going to mess up your kids somehow. And I think, you know, and then talking to them about that, you know, obviously repairing ruptures is absolutely crucial we're not going to do it 100 percent of the time if you don't know what a repair process is then you know google that how to repair the rupture with my children when we you know I've got a 10 year old right and I often say to him he's my eldest and I often say to him I am learning how to be a mum of a 10 year old just like you're learning how to be 10 and I have no idea I've got all these tools now because I understand so much of the science and the tools of conscious parenting but I'm still learning how to figure out how to support you as a 10 year old because, you know, hormones are changing and there's a bit of, you know, all the defiance and the, there's big stuff going on and it's a learning journey for me and I'm going to mess it up. And I say that to him, I'm like, Oh man, I am probably messing this all up, but I love you and I'm here and I'm going to do my best and I will always support you no matter what. And, um, So, you know, that first is key is, you know, it's really acknowledging, you know, that we are infallible and we make mistakes and we're human. You know, if we could just acknowledge that with our children, there's so much healing to our own inner child within who needs to, who probably needed to hear that as a kid, Mm -hmm. right? Because I, for most of the mums that I support, they're like, my parents never apologized to me about anything. They never helped me make sense of myself. There was nothing about emotional regulation, so you know that and that's heartbreaking and it doesn't mean that they were bad or wrong you know I never come from a place of shame or blame for parents most of them most of them were doing the best they could 
and the season and generation they were in with the tools they had. Now we have neuroscience and nervous system science and we have attachment science in the last, you know, you know, three to four decades. So it's there. And once we know better, we can try to do better. And then we have to do that with a lot of self-compassion. And again, it's that word of like, okay, firing concept, where do I start? I would say go and research self-compassion and figure out what it is. You know, it's self-kindness, self-empathy, um, self-forgiveness, being gentle to yourself, you know, offering yourself kind words like you would to a friend. For me, I really learned about it by listening to meditations on Insight Timer, talks by my favorites with Tara Brock and um, Sarah Blondin on Insight Timer. I love their work. Just gentle, calming, nurturing words that I would listen to again and again and again. I had to do that in my grief season because I was offline. Like here I was, this supposed peaceful, positive parent, aware parenting, connecting to my children and in grief, that capacity is gone. I was still pretty awesome. Like I can reflect back and go, compared to a lot of parents who are punishing and, you know, threatening their kids all the time, I was still present and connecting with them. But grief brings up all your stuff. And so there was a lot of anger and rage coming up for me and then the guilt and shame cycle. So that was the season when I started learning about self-compassion about four years ago and really diving into listening to meditations and talks and just really ingraining it deep in my body. And, you know, I did, I've done a lot of therapy over the years and somatic, um, different types of somatic healing work, body healing work, kinesiology, cranial sacral, somatic experiencing, yoga. There's so much out there. And again, we are also different. And then we change in different seasons. So, you know, you might be seeing a therapist at the moment and you're just like, ah, oh, they're not really vibing with me anymore. I just, I, I feel like I need to move on. And I say, do that. If you're not feeling safe or supported in a space, whether it's with a yoga teacher or a therapist or a parent coach or whoever your support person is, then move on. I say to the people that come into my conscious parenting program, you'll be with me for six months to a year and then hopefully you'll be done with me and you'll move on and you'll find your next person for your level of growth because we change, we grow and we need new mentors and new support systems. And again, that touches back on the importance of having a support system. You know, we don't often have a village and the wise aunties and, and women of old around. So sometimes we have to pay for them, you know, or find women's circles, parenting circles, online support groups in your area. They're out there. You've just got to, you know, take that one next right step to say, if I'm feeling lonely and overwhelmed and like I'm messing up my kids, what's my one next right step? You could listen to this podcast and write down just one thing that's your next right step. Yeah, beautiful. Just one step at a time. I feel like we're trying to take too many steps yeah. at a time. You know, just start at one place and take one step. You don't have to see the whole staircase, you know, to get up to the top. Like you just start. So beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing all of your knowledge. Um, I know that this podcast is going to resonate with so many parents. Thank you so much for the work that you do. It's such important work. Um, I'm just so, so grateful for joining me. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Wow, what an amazing chat with Alita. I enjoyed it so much. I love how real and honest she is, and I really, really love her approach. If you resonated with Alita and you'd like to work with her or reach out or connect or follow her, you can find her on Instagram under Alita Blanchard underscore parent coach, and you can find her at www 
theawaremama.com.au. She has so much to offer. She does courses. She does circles. She has Facebook groups. So head on over to her Instagram and check it out. If any of the Tired Mummy podcast episodes resonated with you and you would like to support the Tired Mummy podcast, please head to patreon.com forward slash the Tired Mummy podcast or visit the link in the show notes. Your support helps me keep the podcast going. Thanks so much for your support and the love on every episode I produce. If you'd like to follow my journey, you can follow me over on Instagram under the Tired Mummy podcast. So much love to you all. Until next time, this Tired Mummy is signing out. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.